Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues, and we wrap up Delaware today in Wilmington. We're going to talk to Dustin Minucci of the Dustin Minucci Trio. But first, bass players, listen up. The bag. The bag. It's a high-quality leather gig bag family of products that are handmade in the United States with the finest craftsmanship and beautiful, sophisticated, very cool overall appearance. They're made with some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and meant to last you a lifetime, literally. They have over 30 years in the leather industry. You're extremely proud to introduce this line of gig bags targeted to both the skilled professional as well as the fun-seeking novice. Their hope is that you're going to love the bag as much as they do. The bag. That's it. The bag. A whole line of them called The Bag. From Tony Vaughn Base Bags. www.tonyvaughn.com I guess I should say Vaughn is V-A-U-G-H-N, just in case somebody wants to spell it some other way. But it's TonyVaughn.com. Dustin Minucci, guitar player extraordinaire. I know that because before we started recording, we were talking about our guitars. And uh, I got into my collection. <laughs> so let's tell tell us what you have. These are my favorite guitars. They're Ernie Ball Music Man, St. Vincent's. Um, I also have a company in the works that I'm working with called Loudo Guitars. So I have to plug that. Peter Brown is amazing. Okay. Um, and wait till you see this guitar. So check out Loudo Guitars if you guys get a chance. For sure. How long have you been playing? Oh, man. My whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Spank me out of the really, room. <laughs> I got really like, serious about it probably around nine, nine, ten years old. No kidding. Wow. After seeing, I saw Kiss for the first time. Ah. My parents took me to see the Psycho Circus tour. <laughs> and I was instantly, I was hooked. Is your family musical? Uh, yeah, my grandfather and my uncle, Uncle Chris Malinowski, both are guitar teachers. And he played in a band called The Collingwood and also like Freak Show and stuff like that. So... That bug kind of hit me as soon as, you know. Yeah. And I was kind of born, really. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was going to say the doctor spanked you and then gave you a strat, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so talk about the band a little bit, uh, the Dustin Minucci trio. You've got uh, two gents that are with you, Greg Lundmark and Dylan Pearsall, right? Yes, yes. How long um, have you guys been together? So really, uh, like two years Mm -hmm. years really like fully uh we started to get together right before covid happened and uh the dustin minucci trio was an idea that i had i i had it in the works forever and i always wanted a band called dustin minucci trio um i had i think in high school i had a band called, it was a dustin minucci trio or trio of doom or something like that <laughs> i was a really big fan of like you know john mclaughlin and stuff yeah. so they had a they had a group called the Trio of Doom, and you know I finally put it together and found Greg. You know Greg's an amazing musician. Uh, he sings, plays bass, plays guitar, plays everything. Had you played together? I, had you played together before in another 
outlet or another project or no no uh we do in the mambas we play together in genesis and the black mambas but oh, okay. when we were starting to discuss you know the dustin minucci trio we were not playing in the mambas together either i got you and then how'd dylan get a, get hooked up well i was really fed up with how uh, we were auditioning drummers uh-huh I was just getting really, really fed up because I hated everybody. Greg's <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I have this guy, you know, he worked with him in it, you know, they were working at the bank. And uh, he, I was like, okay, so let's, uh, we booked Jam 24 uh, 7, which was a rehearsal place. Oh, okay. And. <laughs> He started to, uh, he came by and I was like, man, if he cannot play, I'm going to like, I'm going to flip. Like I was just <laughs> fed up. <laughs> like if Dylan could not play, I was about to <laughs> like pick freak up, out. <laughs> pick up the drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Within five minutes, man, of him playing, I think we start, I was like, all right, so let's play Bet on Fire. Which is, it's got like a bluesiness to it, but there's right. a, some odd time signatures and stuff like that in there. I was like, all right, cool, man. Uh, you want to, you want the gig? Want to play? Like, here's the ideas that I had. And everything was mapped out. Like the minute, uh, the minute I found the right players. And, and he came right in and stepped right in. He wouldn't, because some yeah. of your stuff is complicated, you know? It is. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really heavy, like heavily influenced, especially in the blues rock world. But I also love a lot of like the prog stuff, and I'm a big, massive like movie soundtrack guy. Oh, really? So anything John Williams, anything John Carpenter, um, and Hans Zimmer, like absolutely adore. I mean, literally, like massive like Halloween fan. You know, I'm a huge movie buff. Mike Rowe does this show called The Way I Heard It. It's like his homage, homage to Paul Harvey's The Rest of the Story. And he mm-hmm. tells the story about a guy that put together a, mo- uh, a movie and he called a friend of his. He goes, I need you to come up with some music for this. And the guy walked in there with a bass, with a cello. And he went, do-do. Oh, was yeah. Yes. That was it. Do-do. And, and Steven Spielberg doo-doo. was like, what? what is that like what are you and doing isn't that the, the best most famous two notes in the world you know some of the songs we're going to be hearing you brought up bed on fire shades of gray and arabian shred sweet let's talk about bed on fire since you brought it up when you brought that up i thought of the story about the woman who was abused by her husband and literally lit the bed on fire and killed him so uh no no this it's actually a story about uh an old bandmate getting crabs so you're not too far off except for the fact that <laughs> nobody died except the crabs <laughs> yeah he got crabs and we had to light his bed on fire too funny so yeah bed on fire is about that um me and greg both write collectively so you know he he um he came with the idea for uh, dreams and shades, and then Arabian Shred Suite is literally something that I wrote back when I was probably like seventeen. I was watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. So, bed on fire. Uh, you said Greg helps with that, or was this one you had on your own, or what? Bed on fire was written in a kitchen in Los Angeles. 
Wow. <laughs> Dirty ass catch. <laughs> How'd you get from Los Angeles to Wilmington, Delaware? What that what was that trip so, about? I went to school in Los Angeles. I got oh. two scholarships for guitar. Okay. So I wrote that when I was living there at the time going to uh Musicians Institute. Okay. And uh yeah, that was uh it was about a roommate. It was about a roommate. <laughs> Well, we we won't mention his name, but we will mention the song one more time. I'm going to listen, give it a listen to. So we're with the Dustin Minucci trio and talking to Dustin Minucci. First song we're going to hear is a song called Bed on Fire. on fire with dustin minucci and the dustin minucci trio we'll be back to talk about a few more songs of his you know we've all done this we've find that perfect tone you're looking for and then 
a club owner comes up to you and says, Hey, can, can you do something? You're a little too loud. Something that half you have to change that, which you spent all day trying to achieve that tone, you know, that one where you're always in the sweet spot. Well, introducing the Lexi from Landry amps. It's a quality boutique amp has a hundred Watts of vintage plexi circuit at its core has a rhythm crunch channel, a boosted lead channel, digital reverb, tube buffered effects loop, depth control, and an awesome voice switch. Each channel has its own gain and master control, but they share the EQ. This Landry amp has more gain than the Plexi, everywhere from a whisper to concert-level volumes, and it's designed to be played at those lower volumes. You know what I mean? That heavy martial tone that used to require tons of volume to achieve? Now you can obtain it with less volume, without tonal loss. Check it out at Landry Amps. I've got a website. I've got a YouTube channel where you can actually see all the Landry Amps at uh, at Landry Amps on YouTube or their website, which is www.LandryAmps, L-A-N-D-R-Y-A-M-P-S, LandryAmps.com. So while we were breaking, you picked up an acoustic and now you put it away. So I, I, thought, right here. I thought you were going to play something for us or something. What, what do you do when you start playing? You just uh, pick up a guitar? Do you just start going through scales? Or do you wake up sometimes with a melody in your head? Usually I wake up with a melody or some sort of thing. And really, uh, yeah, so, for uh, example, an arpeggio, something like that. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. But, yeah, no, I'll start off, uh, usually with a warm-up, I'll start off with a, going through just arpeggio sequences within whatever key that I decide that I want to play in uh -huh. and just to just get the hands like nice and warmed up or a scale, anything like that. Or if I'm working on a certain picking technique and then I'll start working on like, I'm really heavily influenced right now by a lot of the Alan Holdsworth stuff. He uses these really wide stretched chords. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got baby hands. So I gotta, I gotta keep everything like right here. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, learning the, Learning the triads are probably like the one of the greatest things. You know, that's where a lot of the secret sauce is kind of happening. So yeah, like yeah. Even with your lead lines, that's going to really, really help with creating melodies and everything because everything's a chord tone. So yeah. that's how I'll write too is I'll, I'll have a melody and I'll, I'll play it like as single notes at first. And then each note will get a chord usually. Yeah. yeah. When I when, sometimes when I just get up, I just start practicing whatever. I just start going through basic pentatonic stuff. And the other day, I was listening to some old George Benson, and the song "Breezin" came on. Do you remember that song? It's, oh it's, yeah, it's the pentatonic scale. Nothing pentatonics are great. Um, and there's a ton of like I actually just did a lesson with a student. Um, about the pentatonic scale and dissecting all the chords within that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so if you take like an A minor, I'll use A minor, for example, if, you know, A, C, D, E, and G, if five notes, right. that's also a chord. It's a C6-9 chord. Oh, that's right. Yeah. With the uh, and the finger in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have all kinds, you have all the triads in there. You know, you got your major triad, your C major, obviously, A minor. Mm -hmm. uh, your sus chords, D sus two, D sus four, stuff like that. So, and then you take that and you make those in arpeggios. Yeah, yeah. You know, and now you have a you have a whole nother world, and that's just, just going through each scale. That's pretty cool. Now, when you're writing, 
I ask this a lot and I, the answer is pretty consistent. The answer is usually both. But when you're writing, do you have a melody before you have a rhythm? Do you have a lyric before you have a melody? Or is the answer all of the above? Because it just depends on the song or what? It depends on the song. Sometimes, Most of the time I have a melody, but uh, sometimes I just have a straight up riff. And I'll oh, write okay. bass around that riff. Uh-huh. There's, there's or, a lot of bands that believe that it begins with percussion. That you start with... And then you build out from there. But you can abs- absolutely. I mean, we've definitely written songs based around just like if Dylan will play like a drum beat and it's like, oh, oh okay, cool. We're both really into like a lot of the 70s funk stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, that'd be that, interesting because because you've got you've you've got so many different things that you do with music, you know, styles and whatnot to have you mix some funk into some of the stuff that you do. That'd be kind of. Yeah, we don't. Uh, it's not out yet, but wait till you hear uh, like "Leave Me Alone," which is yeah. definitely like a funky blues rock number. Love that. I love that. Uh, well, you said Kiss. You went to your first Kiss concert, but who do you model yourself after? Oh, well, I guess you've mentioned several artists, but do you model yourself your performance style after somebody? Not really. Um, I have so many different people that I absolutely. And then I, I, I'm a big fan of like, you know, I was a big fan of like Ingve Malmsteen, Alda Miola. Alda Miola is a massive influence. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I mean, here, like with the trio, like we'll just do whatever we want. And that's the beauty of it is like there's be, like some gigs will be like, all right, everybody, we're doing shorts and T-shirt, you know, or, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, which lately it's been so hot outside that I'm like. We've been playing a lot of outdoor gigs, and I'm like, dude, yeah. there's no way I'm wearing anything but like a shorts and t-shirt. Right now. <laughs> yeah, just really big into actually really a lot of the thematic. Like, if we're gonna like go like thematic or anything like that, um, I'm huge into the movie Tombstone. Like, love the movie Tombstone. Oh, yeah. So that's why I started wearing hats. It wasn't because of Steve Ray Vaughan. It was because of the movie Tombstone. I saw Doc Holliday. So when you're on like, stage, do you go up and say, I'm your Huckleberry? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that, that term actually means is I'm your grave digger. I'm oh, your, really? Like, yeah. I, I read thought about it. I thought it meant something way. entirely different. Like uh it's not an endearing term. It's I'm yeah. gonna be your I'm gonna be your grave digger. <laughs> There's a, I read so much about that movie. So much interesting trivia. Like uh, uh what is the one where he says uh you a dandy if you do? Yes, you know, yeah. and that, that that's quite the slam from back then, you know. And it's it's funny because uh, the the prostitute that Doc Holliday is with is actually named Ugly Kate. Yeah, she yeah. Was, Big Nose Kate, wasn't it, or or was it Ugly Kate? I think it was Ugly Kate or Big Nose Kate, one of those. But she was not attractive. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> funny. The movie of Hollywood, so of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just that's so weird because I just you know how those things sometimes pop up. Uh, on Facebook or whatever, and it says 15 facts you didn't know about the movie Tombstone. I love those. I know, isn't it great? Yeah, I just, uh, I just reading the whole thing. And <laughs> okay, we're off track. Run a great movie, <laughs> Shades of Grey. Now, I grew up much, much, much sooner than you did. And back in the 70s, there was a band called The Monkees, I'm sure you've heard of, and they had a song where Peter Tork and Mickey Dolan sang together called Shades of Grey. Yes, they and, did. And then in the eighties, I think the dead the dead came out with a song called Shades of Grey, right? Yes. So 
you don't sound like either of them. I think like from I know that that was one that Greg wrote. I think it like for me it was like okay, so it definitely like has like kind of a romantic side to it. Uh, uh-huh. Definitely, there's a gray area to every relationship, um, and that's what I took away from the lyrics. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so he presented this, and he had a really, really great riff. And uh, so that's that's what I'm going to leave it at because I don't want to answer too much. <laughs> okay. But for me, it was about it was definitely there's always gray areas within a relationship, you know. Yeah, well, that's interesting because one of my sponsors is a a workbook, a, a relationship workbook called Two Years After Forever," you know, which okay. is pretty clever, and uh, it talks about those kinds of areas and how communication is so key. And if you say this and you meant this, and they heard this and you said this, there's all kinds of gray area, and everything gets lost in the gray. I always say that everything gets lost in the gray. Let's get more direct, exactly. You know? that's so I'm pretty thing. sure I hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Craig will listen to it like what the hell are you talking about now? I'm just kidding. Um, but I love the minute he showed me that riff, I was like, man, this song's awesome, and uh, I was like, let's use it. So well, that's kind of how we—that's literally how we write. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, we're gonna give it a listen, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the band itself, and talk about some more evolutionary things, and then we'll talk about Arabian Shred Sweet. But right now, Dustin Minucci. In the Dustin Minucci Trio, the song Shades of Grey.
Shades of Grey, not the monkeys, not the Grateful Dead, but the Dustin Minucci Trio. And I'm your host, Tom Pollard, on the Music of America podcast. We'll continue and we'll talk about another one of the Dustin Minucci Trio songs. We mentioned a book and we were talking about Shades of Grey. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine about this couple's workbook I mentioned called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which as anyone who's ever been any kind of relationship knows is crucial. So as we spoke later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again. Two Years After Forever is the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. And she interrupts me and says, oh, your, your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book, two interpretations. In Two Years After Forever, there are exercises to help form better communicative skills to avoid pratfalls like that one. Along with your partner, learning and applying those exercises help you get back on track to why two years ago you pledged a life together forever. Two years after forever, two years after forever.com and available at Amazon today and forever. With Dustin Minucci and the Dustin Minucci trio, and you were just getting ready to tell a story about your name. <laughs> so Everybody mispronounces my last name, and especially on the phone. So I get this call. I I forget. It's like it, it was probably like student loan debt or something. Like yeah. That. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they mispronounce my name, and I'm like, okay. So, and I, I told them that I was dead. I was like, well, Dustin, Dustin Manucky. It was Manucky. It made it. I was like, well, unfortunately, he died the other day. And I was like really, really sincere on the phone. And I was like, he was attacked off the coast of Florida by a great white. Oh my God. And I was like, <laughs> I would appreciate if you left us at our time in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Let us grieve and <laughs> they were like saying sorry and all kinds of stuff. And I'm trying not to die laughing on the phone. So <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> that's funny. It reminded me of that Seinfeld episode. I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, but that Seinfeld episode where a telemarketer calls him and says, Hey, I'll tell you what, I, I really want to hear what you have to say, but um, I'm getting ready to do something right now. Why don't you give me your name and phone number and I'll call you and you can talk to me about it then? He goes, Oh, I get it. So you don't like it when other people call you in the middle of the day. Now, you know how I feel. Click. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Seinfeld is genius. <laughs> That's that great. That's another project of mine down the road. Someday I want to do something with Seinfeld, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep that to myself before people heist my ideas from me. Yeah, but, right. So um, tell me about playing in Wilmington, Delaware. Do you, you're not just in Wilmington. You play because you've got a lot of states that all overlap borders, right? Oh, yeah. We're playing all over the place. I love playing in Wilmington, man. There's a lot of really, really phenomenal musicians, and we, we have a lot of really good group of just people that we hang out with um, oh, that are all just phenomenal players a lot of good jazz in wilmington uh, especially like at the nomad bar yeah you know market street you'll have a lot of phenomenal jazz players uh, a lot of good like funk r&b cool. uh darnell miller uh yeah, i gotta plug him in he's amazing i'm up in burlington and they have a this thing called discover jazz every year I never knew yeah. of Burlington as a jazz capital. So close to Montreal, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. But the, the musicians 
that have put this thing together and have done Discover Jazz. You know, after COVID, it got revamped and it used to be a 10 day festival. And I saw some of the best. I still do, but you got to see it compressed now. It's like in six days instead of 10 or five days instead of 10 or whatever. Right. But we still have, there's a couple of clubs in town that have like Wednesday night, this place you can go to and you got uh, the Latin jazz or you got more traditional fusion jazz over at this place on Thursdays. And I love it. I love jazz. And I'm just so surprised such good jazz comes out of places, but it's really not the place. It's the people, right? It's the people. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge, I love fusion jazz stuff. Yeah. Right. That's a, I'm a big, like Sean Lane, Alan Holdsworth, Frank Gambale. Yeah. I call it confusion jazz. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, even, even back in the day, man, like on like the weather channel. Yeah. I remember like when I was younger listening, like the, the music that would be on it. There would be like serious like guitar players like playing over that. Oh yeah, do you remember Spiral Gyra? Yes. Spiral Gyra came out when I first got started in radio, and we had to do our own commercials. And uh, I used to use Spiral Gyra B sides all the time for music beds for commercials because it's you know it's what we did back then, you know. And uh, they just had such great music, and it just depending on the product, but you could always find like the right tune to go with the product that you're trying to push, you know? Oh, 100%. So cool. 100%. Do you, uh, do you play jazz at all? Do you jam with jazz musicians every once in a while? I'll, I'll jam with them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm definitely, it's one of those things where it's like two jazz for rock and then two rock for jazz. Oh, okay. I'm definitely like a rock player at heart, but I definitely, uh, it's a, one of those things that I've gotten really heavily into diving in, like, like musically diving into yeah yeah i don't think i could ever play jazz i love jazz but i can watch it i i i've mentioned this just the other day too i can listen to jazz live but it's hard for me to listen to jazz playing on the radio for example or on a cd unless i've had a physical experience with the band you know like if i saw the dustin minucci jazz trio you know i could buy your cd and it wouldn't affect me but if i saw you play then I've got this emotional attachment of that experience to put with that music. And I think jazz does that more than any other music in the, in the country. Absolutely. And I mean, you can take the idea like that they're playing through chords, you know, I love, I love Benson. I love George Benson. Um, West, I love West Montgomery. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like look at where like Hendrix got a lot of those like octaves that he does, you know, Uh, that's didn't think about that, but right. Like, all the West Coast jazz, you know, it's great. So, but yeah, at the end of the day, I still like distorted guitars. I do like high energy stuff. But, and what people don't realize too is how influenced I am about with pop music. <laughs> really? I'm obsessed with like, I love like Miley Cyrus to the Backstreet Boys too. And at home, I don't listen to a lot of stuff other than like either soundtrack music or pop music. Uh huh. Well, I get to listen to all kinds of music because this thing has kept me away from listening to pop music. I don't listen. I really don't have presets. I listen to talk radio anymore because I'm just not finding what I'm looking for in terms of music. But this uh, podcast has really opened up the door for a lot of different musicians. And I listen to it differently because I've got an experience now with Dustin Minucci, for example. Yeah, check out. I mean, some of the especially some of the arrangements of a lot of the 90s. So if you listen to like like a song like sometimes from britney spears there's tons of chords 
uh, the arrangements are perfect. Uh, uh-huh. It's absolutely amazing. There's a lot of key changes. It's basically, I mean, really at the end of the day, if you think about where like a lot of the old like 80, like stadium rock stuff came from, like Journey was a pop band at the end of the day. They just right. had loud guitars with them, you know, similar like Bon Jovi and, and stuff like that. That's so, so weird. I didn't, when you say that, it's so weird. They came on the scene as a rock band, but they became a pop band. I never really thought about that, but they really, they really did. It's great I mean, writing, though. It's great oh, writing, chorus yes. after chorus after chorus. So that's what we definitely try to say to. If we're writing a song, we, you know, with lyrics and stuff, a lot of the stuff, it's like, man, we got to have choruses, big giant choruses. Yeah, yeah. There was an episode of The Sopranos once where Christopher was underwriting a band that Adrian wanted to support and they were doing take after take after take. And finally the producer says, you want to know what's wrong? Whatever happened with choruses, you know, your song, your song has no structure. It says the Beatles sometimes would start with the chorus. They would come right out with the chorus. This song just goes from here to there to there. Song structure is so important when you think about it. And, and it's almost, I don't know how to say this. It's almost gotten to where song structure is too confining does that sound right in pop music does that sound fair right no no absolutely there's definitely some of it um there is stuff there uh, you know it's not as simplistic as people think it is maybe now it's starting to um but i mean look at all like the all everything's a disco beat now like disco has made a comeback now (laughs) uh songs like you know miley cyrus's flowers which is basically i will survive really gloria Gaynor. Bruno Mars uh-huh. did a lot of stuff with the disco stuff. But yeah, it's all disco beats. Well, that's going to so, make your new song fit in so much better then, right? The the funk song you were talking about earlier, right? Yeah, the funk blues rock song. Yeah, the funk, it's called the, funk blues, the funk blues rock song, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm also really influenced. Uh, I really love this band called Larkin Poe. Oh, really? I, I don't know. Any contemporary. After we're done, I'll I'll send them to you. Yeah, cool. They're like one of my new favorite favorite bands ever. I just saw them recently. Nice. Yeah, they're incredible. Up here in Burlington, there's a lot of really good music. So my following is what I see up here. You know what I mean? Like I'll go see Dwight and Nicole. I'll go see Doctor Rick. I'll go see Cat Wright. These are the people that play up here that I that play regularly that I like. You know. And when right. Dave Dave Keller comes into town, he lives in Montpelier. When he comes into town, we'll go get tickets. We got to support him first of all. But I just like I like I like the artists and I like their style. But it's all old stuff, you know, or, yeah. or an, an old style, I guess. So um, nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's so many. There's man. There's so much good. There's it's, there's so much music out there. It just doesn't end. That's that's a good thing though. <laughs> oh, I know. I love it. So talk um, to me about Arabian Shred Sweet. You started touching on this earlier. It was inspired okay. from an Indiana Jones movie? <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. And I was just watching it, and uh, I always have a guitar next to me. So I was just sitting there, and I'm like, man, uh, I, I, I muted the TV as we're watching it, you know, and uh, <laughs> just started playing the riff. You know, it was like this. I was actually practicing of the Phrygian g phrygian dominant scale okay i'm not sure this might overlap but you know it has that you know, the snake charming lick uh-huh. <laughs> snake charming lick that's funny 
So and, uh, what, what scene? Was this the scene when he fell in and he saw the snakes? Or was this just when they were doing the dig? The archaeological just dig? Just when they're like, I mean, they're riding on horseback. They're all over, like, just the whole premise of the movie. Like, and I'm okay. just sitting there. And I'm like, okay, so. And I started galloping it. Oh, how fun. What a cool and idea. I was like, all right. So, you know, and that. Good. And just kind of doing that and then started speeding it up and then came up with, you know, the next melody. Uh-huh. Right after my and then just started putting together these pieces with it. Uh-huh. So you have that dun 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 like and then I was like, all right, I need a melody that goes over that. And then I started I'm really heavily in you know, I was into the whole shred thing. So Yeah, yeah. Basically what it uh became Arabian well, Shred Suite. <laughs> what, what hooked me on this was uh, we had a residency. I was in a cover band years ago in, back in St. Louis. And the we had a residency at this one place. We were there third Saturday every month. And when he started getting away from bands, uh, well, we broke up. And then he stopped doing live music a lot. And then uh, he was doing karaoke. He goes, you got to come down here and help me out, man. I'm dying down here. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So I go down there. And uh, he's got some some guy long hair like yours beard like yours wearing a dress okay he's got a voice like this you know he's like he's like like okay and he, like pick out a song and just do it way well, yeah, i said all right so i picked up the uh, sticks sweet madam blue yeah that's a great song and he called me right up he goes are you sure you want to do this i said yeah why he goes i've just never had anybody sing sweet madam blue never had anybody do sticks you're up next, dude. <laughs> nice. So that was fun, but that was a uh, tough to do by yourself, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Say but, the least. But it was still fun. So when I saw Arabian Shred Suite, I, re- I remember from grade school, a suite is like three different parts, right? Yes. Yes. And that's what you were talking about with your song. So the three components of the Arabian Shred Suite, what would those be? So obviously the opening riff, and then you're gonna have the melody part. You know, that repeats throughout the whole song, and then the next parts, which will be those sixes that I'm doing, and then I I change it up a little bit at the end, which is my you know homage to. Ingve, you know, it's a da 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 the first solo is mine, then Greg, and then mine, and then Greg, and then we'll go into the song. So Greg also plays guitar. He's, he's phenomenal. That's awesome. So you'll hear it's a, it's literally just a shred suite. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we're going to give it a listen then. This is called Arabian Shred Suite with the Dustin Minucci Trio on the Music of America podcast.
What a Shred, the Arabian Shred Suite with the Dustin Minucci Trio in the Music of America podcast. And before we say goodbye, this is the segment of the show, Dustin, where I call it the shameless self-promotion. So <laughs> pretty you know, good at that. <laughs> CDs, merch, t-shirts, picks, anything you gotta sell, anything you want to talk about, upcoming shows, upcoming CDs, what's going on? So September 15th, we'll be playing at a place called Weedstock. How funny. <laughs> and we're actually playing with Echoes, the Pink Floyd tribute band. Amazing. Wow. They're they're incredible. Yeah. So we're uh we're going to be playing with them. And there's a whole bunch of different bands happening. So September 15th and 16th called Weedstock. And that's where? That will be in... I'm actually looking up the address as we speak. Is it in Delaware? Is it in... I don't complete... It's in Delaware. Yeah, okay. It's in Delaware, yes. Uh, we can find it easy enough by checking out... I, mean, I just love the name Weedstock. Yeah, instead of Weedstock. Um, but there's... It's it's a great. Uh, I, I'm not a big weed smoker, but you know it's a great. It's amazing, you know. So one, if there's vendors all over the place, it's a great time. Um, but yeah, it's September fifteenth, and it's at four seven four Fleming Landing Drive uh, Road, Townsend, Delaware, and that's again four seven four Fleming Landing okay. Road, Townsend, Delaware, at Firebase Lloyd. Okay. Yeah, there's um. The Dustin Minucci Trio, Echoes, the Naughty G's, uh, the next night is Lowercase Blues, Traders actually playing, which is Greg's metal band. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Time Mathis Experience, the Mad Zabbers, Hippocampus, the Blues Reincarnation Project, and Down Confidential. So as far as September, that's all I have at the moment. CDs, um, I any, currently... any CDs coming out? Any new song? Well, you talked about a new song. The the Yeah. The Midnight Angel will be coming out. The new single will be coming out probably in mid-August. Okay. Say so that to be safe. Um, where, I we, also, where do we find your music? Where do we find you? Okay, so you can find us on every social media platform, and you can also find our music on Spotify, Amazon, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, if you go on our link tree, so www.linktree.com, the Dustin Minucci Trio, everything will pop up really okay we're literally on every streaming platform you can possibly think of well that's and i'm really i'm really active on the the instagram and facebook so you you can find me everywhere please send me a message if you're listening sounds wonderful and it's it's dustin minucci m-a-n-u-c-c-i right yep dustin thank you this has been fun We've been talking to Dustin Minucci and the Dustin Minucci Trio as we wrap up our visit in Delaware. Join us next week. We go to the sunshine state of sunny Florida. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.